0: There's a great wealth of information and knowledge that HR professionals have about how things work within companies, about what goes on behind closed doors, what conversations are actually happening, you know, all of those things that could be really, really valuable. But again, HR does not have the ability to actually talk about that because our obligation is a company. So when we can remove that obligation and put all of that wealth of information and knowledge available to employees, that's really what the platform is all about.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. Today's guest is Rebecca Weaver. She's the founder and CEO of HR Uprise, a platform that connects employees and independent HR coaches to workers who are navigating challenging issues. Rebecca is a former human resources leader and tells the story of the challenges in her career that led her to become an entrepreneur and start this new platform. And March is International Women's Month, and all month long, I'm bringing you stories of women who have really taken control of their careers and done some badass things. So if you're interested in a conversation with a woman who believes HR can be part of the solution, we'll sit back and enjoy this chat with Rebecca Weaver. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's super great to have you here. Listen, before we get started, everybody has an origin story, why they do what they do. Why don't you tell us what your origin story is? So, I worked for
0: about 20 years in HR for big companies and honestly never imagined I would find myself in HR as many HR people I know. But I worked for about 20 years in both big companies and small companies, really well established and then really experimental, and in the wake of Me Too. All these conversations are happening. And I was looking back at both my own personal experiences, really understanding those in a completely new way and with new language to describe what had actually happened. But I was also looking back as an HR professional and had this sort of reckoning internally saying, how many ways have I been a part of creating the environment that has allowed this to happen for other people? Of course, never intentionally, but as we well know, intentions really only get you so far. And I just didn't see enough of that conversation happening within HR. And so I, Launched an Instagram account with the help of some creatives from the agency I was working with at the time and called it HR Uprise because I was calling for an uprise within HR.
1: So you create this Instagram account and for all intents and purposes, it's pretty successful. Like people are commenting, they're relating with the content, they're telling their stories i found that when i looked at that instagram account there was also a lot of performative hr people who were really offended at what was going on but didn't examine their own complicity enough and it kind of drove me crazy like i was glad that they woke up to the problem but i'm like dude lady, whoever you are, you're part of this, right? So tell me how you felt when you started to see the traction that was gained by HR Uprise.
0: I think the conversation itself was one I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see more of that conversation. But I will say even a couple of years later now, it's still something I don't see enough that real internal deep reflection happening within HR. And what I see happening was a whole lot of people saying, oh, yeah, absolutely. Those people are really bad, right? But not me. I, I have really great relationships. I work really hard. Oh, it's an old way of looking at things to say that HR works for the company. And so, yeah, it's really frustrating because I think this is something we still don't have enough conversation about within HR, about how much have we been complicit and how truly honest are we with people when we sit in an investigation, for example, within the company and our job in that investigation is to protect the company from the victim Of harassment. Again, those are the things that I just don't see enough conversation about.
1: So you did this Instagram account, but you didn't stop there because you're curious. You're a builder. You're someone who's on your own journey to find some justice in this world. So tell us about what happened after the Instagram account took hold
0: it's taken a couple of iterations what we're building now is a platform call it an online marketplace that has two sides on one side are individual employees or contractors even freelancers and on the other side are coaches who have an hr related background and the idea is to remove that obligation to the company from the equation. There's a great wealth of information and knowledge that HR professionals have about how things work within companies, about what goes on behind closed doors, what conversations are actually happening, you know, all of those things that could be really, really valuable. But again, HR does not have the ability to actually talk about that because our obligation is the company. So when we can remove that obligation and put all of that wealth of information and knowledge available to employees, that's really what the platform is all about.
1: So you've got this cool journey from, uh, you know, Instagram account to app to product to platform. But along the way, you've had some ups and downs personally and professionally. So talk a little bit about that the company I had worked for before, I spoke up about
0: the double standard that existed for women. And maybe as an HR professional, it took me a little longer than it should have to identify this really, really clear pattern. But once it was very clear to me, I spoke up. I was the head of HR for this organization and sat down with leadership. And I said, look, you know, these are all the ways that this is not a great place for women to work. Not only did absolutely nothing happen with what I reported, but I became the target. And then it really culminated I, you know, they started pulling me out of important decisions and taking things that were supposed to be for me and giving them to someone else. And all of a sudden, my time was being scrutinized about eight days after I shared with the CEO that I was pregnant with our second child. He told me I was going to be on the layoff list for this layoff that he was supposedly planning. So I ended up quitting from that organization, partly because whatever layoff, you know, they were concocting at the time, I didn't want anybody to think I had anything to do with it. And I questioned, obviously, the legality of of all of it. And again, I just worked too hard for my reputation and I just decided it was easier to walk away. For a long time, I looked at that as how I had failed my family because I knew the rules. I knew how it usually worked. And usually in this kind of situation, somebody would go and negotiate a severance package rather than quitting. And I just couldn't make that happen.
1: You're right. A lot of executives would say what they have to say. They would express their feelings about a company and then they would say, pay up. You said you didn't want to be associated with the layoff, but also I think you probably couldn't even talk about your experience then if you took a severance package.
0: Honestly, where I was at the time, I was the primary breadwinner for our family. We had savings, thankfully, that we were able to live off of for a while, but had they offered any real amount of money, I very likely would have taken it. And now when I look back, I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that it worked out that way because I would not have the ability to tell the story Uh, just as I did with you. So that is, I think, the number one reason why somebody would not take a severance package is that you typically will sign away your rights to even tell your own story. But I should also say, because I have heard from so many women, that if you decide to take that severance package, that is also a perfectly legitimate option. And sometimes that is the best thing for your family. So no judgment on either direction and how that goes. But again, this is a perfect example of where I really want people to have full information so they can make a fully informed choice.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman, author of Betting on You, How to Put Yourself First and Finally Take Control of Your Career. Dan Pink is a New York Times bestselling author. He says that Betting On You is indispensable reading for anyone seeking to improve their professional selves and attain that elusive work-life balance. Jesse Itzler is an entrepreneur and also a best-selling author. He called Betting On You the ultimate insider guide that will inspire anyone to wake up, take that first step towards change, and finally have a thriving career that connects purpose and passion. You're not surviving a pandemic to live life like it's 2019. Want to fix your career? Pick up a copy of Betting on You today, anywhere books are sold, or head on over to BettingOnYouBook.com. Now remember, support your local bookstore or go to BettingOnYouBook.com. So you've spoken out about the Me Too movement. You put yourself out there. It doesn't work out for you. And then you also go through a health battle through this as well. So talk about that.
0: So I left my full-time job. I was doing both jobs, HR Uprise and my day job. And I left about July of 2019 and was focusing on HR Uprise full-time. And then in January of 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And my husband happens to be an emergency room physician who works at the hospital where the first COVID patient was treated, at least that we knew of at the time. And so the pandemic hit very, very early here where we live. And so, yes, I went through chemotherapy, a couple of surgeries and radiation all during the pandemic.
1: Well, my God, you don't do anything half-assed, do you? That's (laughs) for sure. (laughs) So, but not only do you go through that, tell me where your husband lived. So, yeah, right right after
0: my second chemo treatment, we decided that he needed to move out because he was being exposed to COVID on a daily basis. And it was in the very early days of the pandemic. We knew very little about how it was transmitted at the time. And I was incredibly vulnerable, obviously very, very immunocompromised while going through chemo. So, yeah, for about four and a half months, he lived in our friend's basement. The girls and I are two young daughters stayed here. And of course, they were home 24-7 at that time too. So he would come over and if the weather was nice, he'd sit on the deck and we would stay inside and talk through the screen door. Or if the weather was bad, then he would sit in the garage and we would always keep our distance and then prop the door open so that we could see him that way. And that's how we saw each other and interacted. We did bedtime stories on Zoom and that's how we
1: did it for about four and a half months. So you're going through chemo, surgeries, some radiation, right? You get the whole panoply of things and you've got COVID going around. Did your husband ever catch it?
0: no he did not and he's now i'm happy to say fully vaccinated so no he did not
1: so the thing that just amazes me about kick-ass women in and around the world of hr is not only are you going through that you're a full-time mom you've got your girls at home but you're still dreaming about your side hustle that is hr uprise you're like you know what i know i know this could be something i know it can be a two-sided marketplace where people can get hr advice at a reasonable rate they can get some good coaching it's not legal advice It's HR advice. So I love that you had this thing that you were focusing on during your illness, your battle. Was it in the back of your mind? Where was this in this journey?
0: Well, of course, through all of this too, all kinds of world events. I mean, we have the pandemic, which is the backdrop, but we also have protests happening all over the world. All of a sudden, almost literally overnight, people are working from home. I mean, there's all of this that's happening and I'm watching it all. I knew that in a sense, HR Uprise would have to go sort of on the shelf for a little while. And honestly, that was really heartbreaking, especially in the very beginning. The idea that I would have to stop doing this work that I really do love. But through all of this, I'm watching all of these things happen and engaging where I can. And I just kept thinking over and over again, this will change absolutely everything that we know about how we work why we work. What does work mean? How do we engage with each other? So I really spent most of that time in observation mode and kind of filing all of these things away.
1: Isn't that what good entrepreneurs do though? I mean, when they are beset with an obstacle, we get quiet and we watch. And I hate that that happened to you, but I can't imagine your product, your platform without that time to see the world unfold and to be able to pivot right in your design and your approach to the market. I mean, it must have just changed everything about your business plan as well.
0: Oh, it absolutely did. I mean, I had an idea that was somewhat similar to this before the diagnosis, but it was, again, just Different enough that it was never going to have the same impact that this platform is going to have. So, yes, absolutely. I think it's it's always observing absolutely no experience is ever wasted, as Oprah says. I absolutely think that's true. I actually started to worry for a little while as I was heading into radiation. It's the last big part of treatment for me. And I was a little nervous about it. And I started to think, I don't feel the fire. And it was worrying me. I talked to my therapist about it. And... <laughs> The first couple days of radiation had such an impact on me, I felt, as a patient, totally dehumanized in that whole process. It had such an impact on me that almost immediately that fire was lit again, and it started the ball rolling, and then things started to fall into place, and I just knew, this is it, here we are essentially what had happened was I was laying there on the table and the whole team was just a hive of activity around me. And again, none of them were rude or anything like that. They were just like the model of efficiency to a fault. And I was laying on the table feeling pretty emotional and nobody noticed like not one person. And then they're starting to mark me up with these markers and it just all feels very dehumanizing to me. And then we get done, they're like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And it was just that I realized, I was just a part of them getting through their day. And again, it was that, how many times have I been a part of that as an HR professional in the workplace? for things that feel no less dehumanizing to people. How many times have I been that? Again, the model of efficiency, I see this all the time. Let's go, let's move, let's move. And it really was that.
1: Well, as you start to think about where HR Uprise is headed, so you've created this marketplace and you're bringing it to the market where people could solicit advice, get coaching. You also are creating a marketplace for these HR coaches to come together and to earn a little extra money. Talk about the plans for launch and what it looks like, you know, version one when it drops to the public and when that's going to be
0: so right now we are testing with our coaches we're testing out the tech and working out kind of the final bugs for the MVP a minimum viable product and we hope to launch and have it available for clients in the next 1 to 2 months i'm learning that software development timelines are aspirational at best yeah yeah uh, and also <laughs> expensive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes but that is the goal is to have that in the next couple of months have that available for everybody to find their perfect coach. If you happen to be LGBTQ plus and are looking for a coach who also is, we want you to find that coach. If you're looking for a coach who's from marginalized background, then you can find that person too. Find the person with the perfect experience as well to help you negotiate whatever it is you're struggling with in the workplace.
1: You know, I love this idea for a lot of reasons because I think human resources professionals are an untapped network of coaches, and they never get to do that work. The good ones, they never get to do that work because even in the most progressive organizations, to your point earlier, they're still focused on risk mitigation and compliance. They may dress it up in fancy buzzwords and tailored clothes, but it's still risk management and risk mitigation. So I love that you're giving that opportunity to HR professionals. I also love that you're creating a coaching system that may be a little bit more affordable because we're Rebecca, one of the things about executive coaching is that it's freaking pricey and unavailable for a lot of people. So tell me what your thoughts are, because if you're looking for average employees to use your product, you may have had to like think through pricing a little bit differently. So what's that like?
0: So each of the coaches determines their own pricing first and foremost. So it's going to be up to them. But really, our goal is to have a wide variety of options. And we really do want to make coaching accessible and in a way democratize executive coaching that previously has only been available to the elite or the people who have already attained the level of leadership. Yeah, we really want to make that available for everybody.
1: I'm a big supporter, a big fan. I've always enjoyed what you do in the marketplace watching it and the passion you bring to it. So if people want to learn more about HR Uprise and sign up for notifications about your launch, where do they go? So you can find us at hruprise.com. And we
0: are on social media. I'd say we're still posting pretty frequently on Instagram, where we all started. And that's at HR Uprise, all one word. And then when we can get to it also on Twitter and LinkedIn.
1: But yeah, (laughs) those are the best places to find find us. Well, and as you look forward to 2021, you're going to be launching a product and, you know, out in the marketplace talking about it. I want to know what your thoughts are as we end the conversation about the world of work. I really do think that it has changed completely. And we're not really going to fully understand
0: just how much, I think, for years to come. But all of a sudden, the things that seemed and were told to employees that were totally out of reach, like working from home, working remotely. And I mean, just how we communicate, the ways that we have had to adjust this year. Again, we're just going to continue to see the ramifications for this for years to come. But I, for one, I'm here for it. It's time for a change. And I'm so glad, again, Not that we wanted to have to go through all of that to get here. But since we did anyway, I think this is going to be one of the few benefits coming out of it.
1: Well, really well said, Rebecca. Thanks for being a guest today on Punk Rock HR. We really appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show today. For more information, including show notes and links, you can head on over to punkrockhr.com. And if you like what you heard today, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now that's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.